0: Welcome to the Haunting University Podcast, live from the Rocky Mountain Home Hunter Studios. I'm John Schultz. I'm Keone Hutton. But she's not Leslie Reed? Not once. Where did and Leslie go? And dead. Well that failed. Man, and I did it right the first time. I hey. know, that was perfect. Oh, Where oh. the hell did Leslie go? Are we let me look at the thing. Are we still actually is she on Skype? says she is. She's muted. Does she know she's muted? Maybe. Leslie, you're muted. I, I, you know, and it's probably my fault I sent her Harley Quinn things. That was
1: probably not a good idea. Was probably, she's probably making giggly noises and has muted herself in order to avoid interrupting <coughs> the podcast with her giggly noises. I mean, they're, they're just covers, so there's not really a whole lot of content, but okay. We really can't move on well, without her. She's kind of essential to this no. podcast.
0: I mean, we could, we could do it. So... I mean, let's let's just go from what we know. So uh, we need I'm, money. When you, yeah, damn it, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> damn it!
1: I beat you to it.
0: You bastards! <laughs> oh, so smart. for most of you, that currency is going to be United States currency. But I mean, we
1: do have listeners from all over the,
0: the world, actually. It's true. So it's
1: true. Uh, everything uh, we're talking about today will be in U.S. dollars. However, uh, yes, that should be made clear. Oh, 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 dude. Yes. Someone sent me a link for a $100, like, palm-sized oh, projector yeah. oh, on Oh, yeah, the one Amazon. The you
0: sent me? Oh, no.
1: Wait. Not the thing Different I sent one. you. The thing I sent you is AtmosFX is offering a free digital download of one of their uh, files. Mm-hmm. $10 value. I saw that part. Okay. Yeah. So, wait, a free $100 projector? No. But um, Amazon's got a coupon, so it's 50% off right now, and it's a $50 projector. Okay. And this is like Not a $50 bad. HD projector compared to the $50, holy crap, I can't believe how pixelated that is, projectors that I currently have. Yeah. So I need one, maybe, too.
0: I like it. So there is also a way that you can run your hunt efficiently by checking for for deals. Absolutely. Checking price.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You guys really need help with this concept. (laughs) Well, yeah!
1: (laughs) We get started and then you're nowhere to be found. What else are we going to do?
0: I mean, name one thing that we said that was wrong. We said you had to have money. We said for our purposes it'll be in US dollars. I mean, I... And
1: we said, look we for sales. It. I mean, what's the problem here?
2: Uh, honestly, it I think 90% we nailed it. Of that because I had to figure out what my husband and I were doing for the day after this.
0: <laughs> so we said, the first thing you need is money. and The
1: second thing we said is we're going to be talking about U.S. dollars because despite the fact <laughs> yeah. that we have people all over the world, that's what we yeah, work I mean, in. It,
2: I mean, honestly, I think we nailed it. I think we're done here. Yep. All right. Cool. Our listeners are doomed. now that we've gone through the basics shall we dive into something with a little bit more depth and substance and I don't know basis in accounting
1: I just got a new drop I have our new drop our listeners (laughs) are doomed Yeah, that's going at the end
0: in fairness there was a legitimate shot at that anyway
1: also true yeah Do we want to start
2: over at this point? I don't know. (laughs) I'm not sure. I think it might be kind of funny just to start with that and have me interrupt. (laughs) Uh, Honestly, I'm fine with that.
1: All right, let's keep going then. Welcome back, Les. One
2: time, I nailed the intro
0: on the first time.
2: I'll be sure to be gone for all the all of our future intros and just kind of show up and interrupted Yeah, show up halfway through.
0: (laughs) I'm John. I'm County and dead air.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm gonna have fun editing this one. So, Leslie, money.
2: Yes, you should have some. (laughs) Hashtag analysis. I
1: (laughs) We covered that already.
2: (laughs) Okay. So as I'm sure they've already wait, brought up.
1: Wait, wait, wait a sec. Hey, John, how many listeners have we lost so far? Um, let
0: me look here. Huh. A rare 107%. <laughs> so I think that means... <laughs> I'm trying to do the math on that. So everyone who was listening and then someone who specifically started listening to stop. Just for that purpose. So, yeah, yeah. All right. Okay, that, that checks out. So it's maybe we should bed. give them an overview about what the episode is about, if you haven't guessed.
1: Yeah, so we're going to be talking about finance today. We want to talk about money and budgeting and all of those things that have to do with money and budgeting. And to do so, we brought in our very special, very specialized skill set person. What am I trying to say here, Les? I thought what are I'm you was hoping
0: you'd say money lady.
1: <laughs> we brought in our money lady. Who's usually here anyway, but we specifically asked her to prepare this episode.
2: Yes. So just to provide, A, a few disclaimers, and B, a background to justify why I am the money lady. Uh, Disclaimer. Legal disclaimer ahead. I am not a legal expert. I am not a tax expert. (laughs) All the advice here. If you have further questions, please speak to a legal and or tax expert and finance expert in your region to account for your specific state's tax laws or your specific country's tax and accounting laws because they are different state by state, they are different country by country, and I am in no means an expert in all of them. As to speaking to my qualifications, I have been working in accounting business management for now... Almost 15 years.
0: 27 years. years.
2: Oh, that's not even a real number. No, almost 15. I manage the accounting and the finance for two companies, three properties. This is what I do as my day job. This is what pays my bills. As such, I have a lot of experience in different types of budgetings, budgeting for different types of operations, different scales, uh, startup, established, joint venture I've done many, many things with this. So with that in mind, we are going to be discussing budgeting, financing, and how to manage your haunt so that within, for one year, so that way you can do this for the next year. Because as I believe it was Leonard Pickle has said in a number of talks, articles, etc., one of the biggest reasons why haunts fail after their first year is a failure to successfully manage their money
1: yeah and one more disclaimer uh John how much do you, have you dealt with money uh eleven times in in my life yeah and uh, most of the household budgeting and things in my household are definitely not handled by me <laughs> so uh, let's I want all our listeners to keep that in mind yes. as we are going through here today I
0: this...
1: handle personal
0: finances nothing of any business related I nature. avoid handling personal finances <sighs> oh.
1: And
2: you're Fair buying enough. boats for our government.
1: <laughs> <laughs> huh, actually, yes, and, and now you know why actually. all your tax dollars are not being handled well.
2: <laughs> it's funny, I you think do boats for have... the Coast Guard are the least of that cost.
0: And how much of that is being? I believe what what's the word? Um, I can't think of the word. But basically, how much of that are you funneling into the haunt? Zero, obviously. <laughs> It starts with an E. What's the word I'm thinking of? Enough. Uh, well, Effervescence. yes, but not that Effervescence. Uh, it's never been effervescent, not once. <laughs> oh, I'll find it. Anyway, wow, God. If you're still listening, God bless you.
2: This is also an episode to explain to you how to handle finances for your haunts, so you do not have to resort to theft.
1: Oh. I'm preempting oh, you, John. Oh, preempted. <laughs> <laughs> and called out. Wait. Wait, <laughs> wait.
0: I I think we should explore that as a viable means of keeping your heart afloat. I'm just I'm just throwing that out there.
2: Let's oh, not embezzlement. 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 <laughs> yes. No, we're not embezzling.
1: Also so wait, highly learning, discouraged. We're not learning about embezzling. Okay. Can, okay,
0: let's just let me do like a quick checklist, okay? You you tell me if we're covering this. Embezzlement. No. Filch. No. Thieve. No. Rob? No. Purloin? No. Appropriate.
2: Potentially. Legally.
1: <laughs> Excellent. Oh, no, never mind. Okay, let's get to There is
2: up. legal appropriation. Ask me how I
1: know. In fact, the government that's the only way government can spend money through appropriation. See? Ransom? No. no. Poach?
2: No.
0: A fraud? Definitely Robin not. Hood, borrow, borrow with the intention to not Looks
2: return.
1: Looks good in tights. <laughs> so so does John.
2: <laughs>
1: that is not
2: <laughs> <an> accurate. <statement.
0: laughs> that is in fact inaccurate. All right, but fine. it is well. in style. <laughs> okay, wait. Now, hold on. I only have thirty-seven more of these, no, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Ooh, swindles. Alright,
1: let's go. Let's 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 yeah, move sorry, away. From this. For
2: the day. I'm I'm done. <laughs> so in putting together this episode, I've taken into account that there are different types and scales of haunts that our listeners are likely to be putting on. Um, and with those come different issues and needs in terms of budgeting and managing money. So just to kind of get those out of the way and give us a baseline of what we're working with, I've categorized them into four different types. So the first one is your basic backyard home haunt. This is what you're setting up in your front yard. You probably are going to be borrowing your children, maybe a couple of friends to help run. Hooray! Essentially haunts like what we here at Haunting You have done in the past. Um, there, you're not paying anybody and you're trying and you're not making any money. Uh, the second type is a charity haunt.
0: Why don't you just take my
2: blood? Where you are working with a specific charity organization to set up, um, utilize their reputation, potentially some of their resources and any gains from the haunt go directly and solely to the charity. The third is a volunteer haunt. Sir, I volunteer for a suicide mission! Ah, cut it out! But with tickets. So people pay to go see your haunt, but you are not necessarily paying your actors. And the fourth is a full-on paid haunt with paid actors.
1: So why is, I mean, I feel like any kind of professional haunt that is not paying their actors would not be very successful in defending themselves in court.
0: So, interesting. So,
1: like, I could see that a lot at, like, a non charity-type haunt. Uh, how, so mm-hmm. how is that differing sure. from a charity haunt?
2: A lot of it would be simply in the nature of somebody who wants to be charging maybe two to three bucks a ticket. It's still a small-scale home style haunt they just happen to be charging something and are still utilizing their friends and neighbors
1: i see some concern with charging tickets on your property because now you're now you're blurring lines between pro haunt and home haunt and so regulatory requirements will start creeping in on you uh
2: huh yep that's one so of that's the issues you that we need Perfect. to discuss Well, it's one of the things that needs to be considered if that's a route that you choose to go. I'm not saying that this is an acceptable or an appropriate route to go. I'm simply saying that I know that there's Hans out there that are doing things similar to this. And what I want to do is discuss some of the risks of this briefly as it relates to money. Because you do run a high financial risk doing that for fines, regulation, regulatory, potential lawsuits, etc. Perfect.
1: Okay, let's get into it then.
2: So, even as small as something of a backyard haunt, or what I'm planning to do with my front yard, which I finally have a front yard Hello. today, um, and, you know, I still need a budget. I'm, I'm one person, I have a husband, and I'm simply decorating my garage and maybe putting up a couple of spiderwebby type things, uh, etc., I still need a budget. Why?
1: To keep your husband from getting angry at you.
2: Great place to start.
1: <laughs>
0: I guess what when one is when you're starting to like think of the funds, like how much do, would one divert from their yard budget, just as a base rule?
2: <laughs> I'm sorry, you thought this was coming out of my yard budget?
0: Ah, see, was... <laughs> uh, yeah, but, my mistake.
2: But, But truly, um, even if you're just setting up a small haunt for your front yard, even if you are just decorating uh, your house for Halloween and you're starting from scratch because either you lost everything or you have just discovered the love of Halloween and you have nothing to start with, you still should budget. Otherwise, you end up running the risk of spending into the other budgets from other parts of your operating house income and... It's severely infuriating your spouse, uh, wow. <laughs> or if you're bacheloring it up, you end up <laughs> not being able to eat.
1: There is always ramen.
2: There is always ramen. And there are ways to make ramen delicious.
1: I recommend frozen dumplings.
2: All that are we, aside, are we
0: discussing that on this episode? Like, will that be covered?
2: Only if you guys Spam. ask me a
1: question. Oh, we can do that. No, no, not Spam, once or ever. Uh, green <laughs> nope. onion. Nope. Frozen dumplings. Nope. That's what makes. Not, me, nope. I, that's how I make my ramen fancy. You Wait, are you? Are you saying all of that in yeah.
0: one concoction? Because.
1: Oh, I'm telling. Wow, you, I take my ramen very seriously. Oh. Oh. And if that's you can figure out how to so, do yeah, it, a
2: fantastic ramen place. If you can that figure we need out to how go to go do it. To. it
1: uh, soft-boiled egg. Oh, that's easy. For you, maybe. Well. Oh. I always overboil it. I mean. Uh,
2: ah. yeah, <laughs> regardless you need a budget you need to decide how much money how much of your funds can you afford to allocate towards purchasing decorations and setting them up no matter how small of a haunt you're trying to put on a budget will help control what you're doing it also can require you to be a lot more creative in what you're doing because i'm giving myself 200 to decorate my front yard what I really want to do is X. I can't afford X because that'd be five hundred dollars. So how do I create X by going to a craft store and putting things together myself? Um, so no matter how small of a haunt you you have, you need to you need to have a budget. Uh, and a budget can be as simple as you're giving yourself two hundred dollars. You know you're terrible at stopping yourself from spending over that. Get a Visa gift card, put $200 on it, write in big letters, this is for haunt only, and that's the only card you can use to purchase anything for your decorations for your haunt. Uh, And when it's empty, you're done.
1: I love that idea. Thank you for that.
2: It's a great way to help you control yourself if you are someone like me who has no self-control.
1: Yeah, me too. (laughs) So... I think we understand why we need to budget, but how do you determine how much to put on your budget?
2: Part of that is going to be how much can you afford? Part of that is going to be what are your long-term goals? Is this something that you can reuse every year? Um, For example, and and again, right now I'm talking small scale. We will go back over this a little bit later um, for some of these larger scale ventures because it's gonna be a little bit more in depth. So I'm taking myself as an example. I have a great front of my house that has a garage with two windows over the top. So my goal is to turn my garage into a monster. So I need to create monster teeth to stick on the garage, and I need to create eyes to put in the windows. So basically, I'll have a light, nice, lovely monster that'll be eating things. Um, This is something that, A, I can reuse every year. So if I wasn't going to reuse it, I would go something cheap like butcher paper, cut up the butcher paper, and then tape that on. Since I'm more interested in reusing it, and I'd like it to be a little bit more weather-friendly, and given that we live in Colorado, our weather does strange things, I'm more interested in looking at building it out of felt. Because that'll hold up longer, it won't disintegrate if it rains, um, and I can reuse it year over year. So to determine how much you have to spend, you need to look at what is available in your finances. And then the first thing I would actually do is get an idea of what you want to do and then research how much those pieces are going to cost. Because it might be a case that I start looking at it. I only have $200 and just to get the felt is going to be $150. And then for me to do anything else, I become severely limited. And at that point, I might have to scale back what I want to do. This is one of the reasons why when we start our Haunting You method, we start with storyline. We start with what are we designing, and then from there, we can scale up or scale down what actually gets put into the haunt based on what budget we have or do not have. Yeah, this is
1: what's known as bottom-up budgeting, where you actually start by looking at uh, what the individual cost of certain line items would be in order to uh, determine what the overall cost would be. And then you can adjust those individual line items after the fact to help make that overall cost better fit what you can afford.
2: Yes. Um, I like bottom-up budgeting, especially for smaller-scale items when you don't have any income coming in because all you're going to have is costs. You're you're not going to have any revenue coming in from it to offset anything. So you you know from day one that you're not making anything back on that. So you really, truly are limited by what you can afford.
1: That being said, you don't have to have no revenue coming in. For instance, even though we're running just a home haunt right now, I'm using extracurricular activities on Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace where I'm selling off stuff that I'm buying from estate sales at profit in order to help fund our haunt startup. (laughs)
2: Mm-hmm. and this is where this is also something that you're not necessarily <laughs> you're getting revenue but it's not directly related to it's not, it's not what from the, the cost haunt. you're putting yeah, out right. at right. so it's um, off the books one could say that's a whole separate discussion so. that we need to have when you start getting into paid haunts charity haunts okay. we'll, get um, there. we'll get there yes <laughs> This is also, okay, so we've talked about basics on, you know, started talking about the basics of how to budget. We know why you need to budget. Um, We know why you need to manage money because if you don't, you run out of it and then you wonder where it all went and why you're broke. Um, How do you manage your money? So we've talked about get a Visa gift card. Everything that you want to spend goes on that card. That's all you have. Um, Other options are... Getting a specific bank account that is associated with what you want your hand to do. Now, once you start doing that, you start getting into a larger scale version. And to that effect, you want to look into legal and tax protections.
1: Sir, uh, why did you wait until the last minute to pay your taxes?
0: Because I'm an
2: idiot. Happy? Of course. For doing so. What do you mean? There's all sorts of discussions on a regular basis, especially for people who work as consultants, as to whether or not it's better to have your income from a consulting job go directly to yourself or whether or not you want to set up an LLC to pass those, expen- those expenses and that, um, the revenue through. The saving grace of setting up an LLC, and again, disclaimer I am not a lawyer. Please consult one before you make your decision. Uh, But setting up an LLC does not necessarily protect you in financial terms, per se. Directly, it does protect you in legal terms. So by separating out your haunt costs and revenue from your personal finances, anything that might happen with your haunt, they can only ever take what's in that haunt account. They cannot go, anything that happens a in general, and again, not a legal expert, they can't go after your personal assets.
1: Yeah. uh, So when I started buying and selling from estate sales, I set up an LLC for that very reason. And it was to keep that money separate from our personal finances so that if anything ever went wrong and we got sued or whatever, uh, they could only touch the money that was associated with that LLC. That became a little bit important Uh, when I forgot to file my quarterly tax return. And the state of Colorado tried to, because I didn't file it, they said, well, we don't know how much you made this period, so we're going to charge you uh, $1,000, basically, in taxes for this quarter. Well, $1,000 tends to be more than I was bringing in per year at that time. And much less a quarter, and thankfully uh, the state of Colorado was willing to work with me and uh, they let me file the return late and get everything straightened out that way, but had that, had they not been willing to work and that ended up going to court, um, my personal finances at least would have been protected. And one thing I would like
0: to point out here is that is if you, now, if you go the route of theft, you are not required to declare that that income. So I mean, there's an advantage. So if, anyway.
1: you, uh, if you declare it, then uh, you would be setting yourself up for things like getting arrested, exactly,
0: and going to jail. So not only does it simplify, you don't have to pay taxes on it. So I, I'm just—I'll cut it short. I'm just saying it's—it's it's a legitimate revenue stream. It
2: Continue. is not a legitimate. It is reven-
1: not a legitimate revenue stream. Completely legitimate.
2: Continue.
1: I think it's the most illegitimate revenue stream you can imagine.
2: Hmm. Literally.
1: Perhaps my choice of words was poor.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit. A little bit there. Yeah,
1: well, so valid. What, tool- what about Valley? Okay. <laughs> anyway, continue. So what tools do you use less to manage your money?
2: Uh, once you get beyond the backyard haunt um, and everything else, I really do. And once you start getting into either working with a charity or starting to set yourself up where you're running a paid haunt. I really do recommend that you either take a crash course in accounting, or that you hire a professional accountant, which, again, costs money. Um, We don't work cheap. Most of us don't work cheap.
0: can't imagine how I want you, but I'm not free.
2: In terms of programs that you use, I would absolutely suggest and advise that you move beyond spreadsheets, otherwise you will drown in them. There are a number of accounting programs that you have available to you uh, online. Uh, I know they're, the, the two that I'm most familiar with that scale very, very well are, I believe it's Mint, which you can get. It's, it's an Apple product. I've never used it, um, but I have some friends who have. The one that I use on a regular basis and the one that I use professionally is called QuickBooks. It's uh, industry pretty much an industry standard along with Quicken. Uh, both of these are essentially, they are account management tools. You can set up um, all of your revenue streams that you're utilizing for haunts. Uh, you can set up all of your cost managements. You can set up if you are choosing to get a bank account, For your haunt, uh, which again, once you start getting larger than a backyard haunt, I would advise. Uh, Again, this keeps your finances separate. Any costs come out of it, any revenue goes into it. You're not sitting here spending six hours every week wondering, crap, where did I put that check? Or wait, what did I pay for that Home Depot cost out of? Was that my home Home Depot project or was that my haunt Home Depot project? By keeping everything separate and segregated, you will have a much better knowledge of how much you're spending, where the money is going to, and if you are doing a paid haunt, how much revenue you're, you're getting in and whether or not that's offsetting your costs. When you are researching programs to use, uh, whether you're looking for just the program itself or whether you're looking to hire an accountant for, on, again, on a contract basis, There's a bunch of questions that you're going to want to ask. Uh, This is also, this is both to protect yourself, this is to make sure that you know what you're getting into, and in some cases, how much more it's going to cost you. So, one of the first questions you need to ask is how much? How much do you care? How much is a professional going to cost me? Is it a flat rate? Is it an hourly fee? Is for, for, for the software programs, do I buy it once and then I don't have to pay anything else for a certain number of years? Uh, QuickBooks, you purchase a license, they run between 100, 150 to 500. In general, you're just gonna need the most basic level of QuickBooks for running a haunt. Um, and that gets you full support from QuickBooks Company for three years. After three years, you either need to upgrade or you continue to operate on the same program, but you do not have access to any support or software updates. So again, is it an ongoing fee for usage? Some programs that I know of, you do pay a monthly fee. If you want additional things, there's add-ons. Are you doing an online program or are you doing a software program that's on your computer? QuickBooks offers both. How easy is it to use if you are looking at a program instead of a person? Is this something that you need to take a class to understand, or is this something that you can log in and get started with relative ease? Um, and do you need any experience to use it? Some programs that are out there are they really do require you to have a degree in accounting. Others do not. And again, I go back to QuickBooks because that's what I use, but also... I do not have an accounting degree. I have done this professionally for 13 years, but I do not have a degree in it. And QuickBooks is extremely user-friendly in terms of managing and keeping your accounts, even if you have never actually sat through an Accounting 101 class. Break time. Okay, break time is over. Get back to work! If you're going the route of hiring a professional, you're going to want to ask similar questions. How much do you charge? What are your regular fees? Uh, What information do you need from me, the haunter, in order to manage my accounts? Uh, What reports are you willing to give me? Big one, what are your qualifications? um anyone can truly set themselves up and say oh yeah i'm an accountant even if they have two years of bookkeeping experience and got fired for graft and for theft you do want to ask what are their qualifications how fired for theft yes you can get fired for theft john this is why we don't advocate for it what i know i'm sorry I to, to look... bust your
0: bubble i need to look into this further i'm not sure about this
2: okay you go do so hmm. um You want to know what their qualifications are. There's a bunch of different qualifications that you can look for in an accountant. Um, Base level is are they a CPA, a certified public accountant? A CPA is going to cost a heck of a lot more than somebody who's done bookkeeping for 30 years. And a 30 year bookkeeper could be perfectly exactly what you need.
1: Is there a risk to. I was going to say, choosing someone who's not a CPA? Um,
2: There can be. One, if you run into something out of the ordinary, um, they might not know how to handle that immediately, whereas a CPA is going to have a little bit more resources. Uh, CPAs, and there's a bunch of other different terms that I can never remember, uh, are actually required to take certain oaths when they get their um, certification. And essentially, it's those oaths are there as... They, Their job is to protect their clients and their clients' financial information. So you do have a degree of legal protection and legal recourse if something goes awry.
0: Yeah, a lawsuit sounds good,
2: Saul, but uh, who can I sue?
0: So I'm assuming the CPA route is also much more costly.
2: CPAs are going to be much more expensive.
0: Excellent. Yep.
2: Um, but again, you're getting somebody who's going to have a bit more of a working knowledge of taxes. Um, if you are doing a paid haunt, um, paying your actors, having tickets cost, you will have to pay taxes. You will have to file taxes. You also have to remember all of your money is being made in literally a three month period, but you will likely be paying quarterly taxes even during a time period when you're not making money. Because haunts operate for such a short period of time, and if you're doing a paid haunt, you're most likely going to be doing quarterly tax payments on on an estimated basis. This means that you are paying taxes for three quarters of the year at times when you're not making any money. Budgeting and managing your funds is crucial for being able to make those tax payments on time in full, even when you don't have revenue coming in during that time period. And being able to pay your taxes on time in full will ensure that you can operate the next year.
1: And the government stays off your back. That too. (laughs) So just for
0: some of our listeners may have this question. So let's say so we're talking about a lot of these hunts as as paid hunts where they're charging Ticket costs, uh, paying actors, etc. So just for some of for the people that may be setting up a haunt, maybe they spend some money and they they're charging very low amounts to just maybe to break even. So I guess what I'm saying is, so if we're not talking about the larger haunts, but just that where they charge a dollar a ticket, something like that, and let's say they gross a hundred dollars, something incredibly small. So they gross a hundred dollars for their season. Is there a is there a max, or excuse me, a. Threshold. Trying to think of the words. Yeah. Is there a threshold or is there an exact number they have to get to in order where they have to pay taxes? That might be regional as well. But I guess what I'm saying is, there is there a minimum number they have to hit? So, or if they make a certain amount, are they fine?
1: So let me talk about that one a little bit. Based on my experiences with estate sailing, um, technically, no, there is no threshold. If you make any money in any amount, then you're supposed to report it on your taxes. <laughs> well, technically, like you say over. So is it, if you, it's over if you a make, dollar. Oh yeah. If you make, okay, it, if you make exactly. any is, amount, if, you, if you, make, you make a profit on anything, you are technically gotcha. supposed to report it as income. Now, oh, okay. I'm, I'm just trying said, to
2: clarify that said, and again, this is where, Having an accountant on hand and, more importantly, having a tax professional on hand to help you is going to be crucial. If you are doing this for the fun of it but you do charge two bucks a head or a dollar a head, you still run the chance of making money. You do need to talk to a tax professional because, depending on how things are set up, this can be considered a hobby. Oh, the nice. profit and revenue from a hobby at a certain level can be written off or excluded as revenue to you in certain circumstances.
0: Oh, that's good to know.
2: So again, this is where if you are wanting to make the jump from, I'm haunting my front yard for free. Anybody who wants to show up and go through it can show up and go through it. I'm not accepting any money. Including, I'm not accepting, oh, I'm so glad my kid had such a good time and you made him pee his pants, here's five bucks, thank you.
0: Um,
2: As soon as you accept funds for doing this, you want to be able to speak to a tax professional about what you need to declare and how it needs to be managed. But Les, what,
1: what if I wanted to put, say, a box out of my front yard and say... Thanks for coming. All donations to help set up, offset the cost of doing this, or we hope you enjoyed right. all the yeah. Any we will any donations accepted to help offset the cost of putting this on year after year.
0: Because you see Christmas, you see a lot of Christmas setups where it's very extravagant. It probably costs a lot for the electricity bill, and I have seen those. Hey, we're setting this whole thing up. Maybe give a dollar to help us out with our bill.
2: Even voluntary, I would still speak to a tax professional because your state might have different laws, your county might have different laws, your city Mm, might have different laws. Taxes happen at all levels, even down to Mm -hmm. neighborhood. Your neighborhood might have a specific tax thing set up to help offset because instead of an HOA, they somehow managed to convince the city to allow them to do a tax on item X. If you are accepting funds, if you are accepting donations in cash, you need to talk to a tax professional about how that has to be handled. This is, honestly, it, it sounds like overkill, and 99 times out of 100, it is overkill. The IRS doesn't have the personnel, the budget, or the anything else to actually examine even a percentage of the people that are sure. doing things screwy. This is to protect you. This is to protect your family. This is to protect your haunt. This is to protect your ability to do things going forward.
1: And, and let me just say, we're not not—we're certainly not telling you you need to go find a CPA. What we're telling you is uh, there are course. risks associated with not talking to a CPA. And if you think those risks are acceptable, then please, by all means, continue what you're doing.
0: Yes. It's, it's, I think it's one of those things you have to... You know, as if you're doing it for any type of money, you have to judge. I mean, if you gross fifty dollars, you know, every time you do this, you know, you you probably don't have to hire a CPA. But if yeah, you've are to make are, a sort of
1: profit. And the chances are that the IRS is not gonna care enough about your fifty dollar profit to expend the time and resources to come after you. But if
0: you're pay if you ha- if you're to the point where you're paying actors, you have startup costs, you have that, it's probably something that'd be worth looking into
2: yes and as you look into it you also need to recognize it is going to cost so it needs to go in your budget
0: <laughs> CPA costs
2: Perfect. CPA, CPA, legal tax and sure. accounting professionals if you are running a haunt and if you are hoping to turn this into something <laughs> professional I would start with making sure that you have that in your budget um, even, if like- you don't, even if you don't need to use it Put it in your budget, because at the very least, if suddenly you do need to use it, it's there. That's the other nice thing about budgets. If you budget for things that you think you might need and you end up not needing them, your budget looks a lot better compared to what it could have. It's always better to over-budget than to under-budget.
0: Oh, yeah. No doubt.
2: Okay. I think we have beat that dead horse. I think we have. (laughs) So you have your budget. You have your accounting method. Uh, you have your haunt. Uh, you are now open. Now you're actually really starting to pay out money, and more importantly, you're starting to get money in.
0: What do you do? You put it in a large tin container. I'm pretty sure is the universal...
1: I'm partial to Under the Mattress. Ooh, okay, that's
0: also good. Leslie, well, which one is more correct? Which of those is better? Neither. Which is the one the professionals <laughs> do?
2: Banks. What? We live in the world of electronics and electronic payments. Very, very few people carry cash anymore. Carrying cash and managing your business in cash, especially with volunteers, is a sure-fired way to get yourself ripped off, and you will make <laughs> no money, and you will be screwed, and there will be no way in hell for you to go back and figure out who stole your money.
0: So you mentioned electronics. It, like We're in kind of a, a digital age, so to speak. So if now what if it was like a sleep number bed digital bed
2: the higher number of your sleep number does not indicate that your money is growing
0: well i'm just saying it's more of a <laughs> it's an electronic it's a piece of electronics is that is that better suited to store your funds than let's uh, say your average mattress
1: maybe a water bed actually that seems like a
2: bad idea never mind your money's to very water started. bed would be okay. really
1: good for storing hard change no. not dollars
0: a water bed is a bad idea okay so we're recommending the sleep number bed understood
1: continue (laughs)
2: look into digital platforms to receive payments
1: what are your thoughts on paypal
2: paypal (sighs) (laughs) so
1: here's why i ask paypal is what i use for my estate sailing
2: because
1: Mm um I usually don't have enough funds to justify the bank account, and it was making it very difficult to get to those funds. Whereas PayPal, I can take, I can swipe credit cards on my phone, and it goes right to my PayPal account. And um, I have a card for my PayPal account, so I can pull money out of it that way in order to buy stuff at estate sales and only take cash. PayPal has worked like a bank without any of the funds requirements that I was struggling with It's also incredibly easy with to banks. set up. Super easy to set up. So, what are your thoughts?
2: Oh, mm. Yes and no. <laughs> it's one of those. If you're taking... Okay, so it also depends on... We have to talk tickets. As we're, as we're, as we're talking funds in, we need to talk tickets. Uh, PayPal has a lot of value for things like goods. Um, they I know that they do very, very well with stopping payments on things like... This never got shipped. I never received it. Um, I can't get a hold of the vendor... Um, they, they have a lot of value there. They are definitely designed for marketplace transactions. Uh, with PayPal, with selling tickets, if you're going to sell tickets at the door or if you're going to require that everybody buys tickets in advance, you need to have a dedicated platform set up for accepting and paying, having people pay for tickets at the door. Uh, so that does mean that somebody is going to be sitting there all night with essentially some level of access to your PayPal account
1: or a cash box
2: do not cash box. Mm-mm, bad idea.
1: Why? I also some, well, I mean, we some people are going to want to pay cash in cash. Uh,
2: again, the minute you start doing cash, you need to have a lot more checks and balances to make sure that you are that revenue and that literal physical cash from um, the transactions that you're being made in cash will get to you and sure. will
1: get to your haunt sure i don't think you can completely discount having cash though there are going to be people who will want to pay cash for their tickets and they're not going to have a credit card and i think it would be foolish to
2: at that point you have them. to have a you have a you have to pay for a security guard because if you're having somebody sit at a table even behind a a, a, a gate even behind you know some form of, of barrier You have somebody sitting with a cash box, which becomes a a temptation for patrons to attempt to steal. So now you're going to need to have additional security. You're going to need to make sure that whoever is handling the cash box is somebody that you trust completely, who understands how to handle cash. You need to make sure that you have excess cash on hand, in order for somebody who comes in like, that's I only have a hundred dollars. Can right. I trade that for the $5 ticket? Can you make change for that?
1: No, but I'll let um, you go through 20 times. Well, that's an option. <laughs>
2: um, I, I really don't. Yes. There's going to be people who are going to want to pay in cash. Uh, you can also mitigate that by making sure that everything that you have on all of your advertisements is we do not accept cash. We're moving well beyond a cash, a cash society. And the costs of maintaining the security for a cash box, I think, are going to far outweigh the few patrons you might have to turn away for showing up with cash.
0: If you take in $12 in cash, but you have to pay someone $20 to watch the box, I mean, I, I, I'm i kind of on that same boat. I, I know, I know. I
1: almost never carry cash anymore. I don't know. Um, I'm the opposite. I have... I usually have a ton of cash.
2: You also go to estate sales where they do not do things in cash. (laughs) Where they they only do things in cash. Well, where they only do things in cash. And think about when you go there, how many people do they have managing the cash box? Who do they have standing around? They probably have a secondary individual standing around um, as basically a supervisory to make sure that nobody is skimming out of your cash box.
0: Because I know I, I I'm sorry. I think you're the outlier. Uh, I understand. Maybe. I, like you said, I I totally
1: understand. Some people will want to pay in cash,
0: but I never carry cash. I know my wife
1: almost never carries cash. Sure, but you're also millennials. And so, so are you. I know, but I feel like I'm a lot older. But you're. My back suggests otherwise. That so. (laughs) But anyway. Still. Our target audience is going to be. A greater swath of the age groups than just millennials, and I think I don't want sure to discourage enough. people from coming because we don't take cash.
2: So, if you're setting things up for them to buy tickets online in advance, sure, sure. If you're setting it up that it is just a matter of you have one of the little square things, which we'll discuss that in a minute because there are costs associated with that,
1: yeah, I love and those. they
2: just swipe a card. I really think that the the demands for protection to handle things with petty cash outweigh the loss of patronage. Maybe. Um, maybe. With cash, you need to make sure that those deposits go in every day. You cannot safely... I mean, the, the, the requirements for managing cash are far and away more intensive than the requirements for managing digital funds. Do
1: you
0: have just any idea just, how much those canvas bags with the dollar signs on them are? They're expensive.
2: Except <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't want those because they look sketchy, you, and again, just to have That's, a straight cash box, if you are expecting, you know, say you're expecting, you know, how many, okay, so let's take, Let's take the haunted ship. Okay. Out of those individual, out of the number of people who showed up every night, just on what you think the number of people who would have cash would be, how many of those, how many of those people do you think would have been paying in cash?
1: Based on the the, so the event was free, but we were selling barbecue and T-shirts and stuff, and vast majority paid in cash. Okay. But did this you have is the option Astoria. to
2: pay for things outside not in cash? Could they have pay, just um, paid with a card swipe?
1: Only at the barbecue. So not really. Yes. For the food, they could pay with a card.
2: <laughs> okay. And with that in mind, rough number, how much cash did you guys have to handle?
1: I don't have enough information to answer. That was handled by the CPOA, Chief Petty Officer's Association, so I don't $600. have It was $600. Okay.
2: This is where cash becomes an issue. It tends to be handled by one person, and even if other individuals needed to be aware of what that was, there's no way for them to double-check. You trust me. You put me in charge of the cash box. I tell you, we took in $500 in cash.
0: What if it's a shady person like myself?
2: Well, but even if it's not a shady person, even if it's somebody that is completely upstanding, there are plenty of, I mean, you, you <laughs> accounting is a very, very interesting profession because there's a plenty of plenty of stories of very, very, very upstanding people who've had no issues and have never done anything shady and all of a sudden they're starting to do something screwy. And I tell you, we received, we took in 500 in cash. You don't have a way to double-check that number. You do
1: if you're tracking the tickets you're selling.
2: Tickets mm-hmm. got lost. Somebody took it. Oh, they must have left.
0: See, but then at the same time, you're also creating... You're also creating the need to go back and double check the tickets. Where if they're merely swiping, it, it's an automatic registry. I I, I feel like I, I feel I'm sorry. I'm on Leslie's side. I feel like the cash side is making more work for yourself than
2: is necessary.
1: As usual, this is, this is ultimately up for uh, our listeners to decide. We are uh, merely trying to.
2: Provide the options right. and the cost-benefit analysis. Yeah, benefit show the analysis. options and – exactly, yeah, totally, exactly. Totally.
1: It's good to have different
0: viewpoints on that. But I think the thing to take away from it is that Leslie and I are right. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I think that's the main thing.
2: You can absolutely – basically what it comes down to, if you truly believe that your, your area, your population that's going to be showing up is more likely to pay in cash, would prefer to pay in cash – you to And in order to get the revenue that you need to offset the cost of your haunt, cash has to be accepted. Just keep in mind, there are a lot more things that you're going to need to do in order to protect that revenue coming in.
1: Yeah. So if we're talking a very small uh, home haunt where it's just your family members, cash might be an okay way to go. Yes. Uh, the larger you get, the less likely cash is probably going to be a, a major part of your I think that's a good way to put it.
2: Which is where you're then going to be looking into things like PayPal, Square, and any of the half dozen other um, mm. digital payment platforms that allow you to accept credit cards through either an iPad, um, a tablet, or your phone. Uh, and with those, I would like to point out, if you're as you're looking into them, look into and inquire as to the fee cost associated with them. Because every Absolutely. single one of those does charge a fee for usage whether that's
1: typically per transaction right exactly typically it's, it's per transaction
2: service. um so the more transactions you have the higher the fee is going to be that's something that you're going to want to take into account in terms of setting your ticket price
0: there yeah. I'm, and go ahead no, i was just thinking i'm sure there are listeners going wow it's almost like the more money i make the more of a pain in the ass this is
2: pretty much pretty much. <laughs> welcome to running a business if you want to turn this into a business those are the waters the more yeah, money you make successful. the more successful you are the more of a headache you're going to have the more you're going to need help managing it and the more you're going to need to pay out more money to hire professionals to help you manage it correctly
1: Yeah, so I used both Square and PayPal uh, in my estate sailing. I liked PayPal uh, for a couple reasons. The fee at the time was a little bit cheaper. I don't know. I haven't looked at Square in a while, so I don't know if it's still true. Um, But PayPal associated directly with my account. So there was no extra step of getting the money from my Square account to my PayPal account uh, to make the money usable again. Everything was handled right there by PayPal. And I appreciated that simplicity. So PayPal worked better for me. Yes, I
2: like it. Um, again, as you start getting into, you know, as you really do, if you do this well and you do have success, you are, you might want to look at not just utilizing PayPal, but actually putting your money into a traditional bank account.
1: The advantage of a traditional bank account is you get interest.
2: You get and interest, PayPal does not
1: offer interest.
2: Um, and it can sit there, and you can start building up credit. And, uh, you know, transaction history and reputation with the bank that you're using in order to take the next step and doing things like, I need more money. I'd like to expand my haunt next year. I've been banking with this on a small scale with this bank for three years now. Let me see if they'll take let me take out a small business loan by having uh, Mm. reputation associated with that bank that you've decided to work with as opposed to just working with PayPal you now have the ability to take out a loan to help you grow your haunt.
1: Yeah, that was something I didn't consider when I started the LLC for my estate sailing. The LLC has no credit history. And when I established it, and I couldn't use my personal credit history to try to get uh, any type of loan at the start because they were separate. So that is definitely an advantage to going to a bank because you start building a credit history in your llc in your business uh, so that as leslie says you can uh, you can use that credit history to your advantage later
0: and really quick one thing i want to segue into you know what else you can use to your advantage
1: is social media wow (laughs) really social media what do you mean john but and that didn't feel good. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my thing.
0: <laughs> I don't even know where to go here. No, uh, you. one thing I, I want to shamelessly segue into is, just so Leslie can probably get a drink of water, <laughs> yes. is if you guys want any additional information on this, if you want to check out some of our other episodes, see some of the Haunting You method, um, you can find us at a couple places online. Okay, where's, where can you find us on Facebook?
1: Uh, That would be www.facebook.com slash you with just the letter U. And how about on Twitter, John?
0: uh, You can also find all of the same great content on Twitter, which is at HauntingUniver1, which is Haunting, U-N-I-V-E-R-1. Find all the great information from the podcast, from stuff, just some random things that we like to put up. So it's a good follow
1: yeah. Um, and if you are looking for any of our other episodes, so that yeah. you can uh, learn more about the Hunting You method, uh, or hear about our efforts in trying to get Sanguine Creek Estates established, you can find all of our episodes on Podbean at www.huntingyou.podbean.com. Uh, hit the subscribe button, and our new episodes will automatically be sent to you every time we get one published. It's like having us in your pocket. <laughs> That's unnerving.
0: Mm, but also entertaining. All right. So I have one thing I want to bring up. Leslie, are you still alive? Like, do you still have a throat?
2: I'm sneezing. Hold on. Did she?
1: Take your time. I think okay. she said sneezing. Yes, yeah,
2: oh. sneezing. I put myself on mute, so I didn't screw up our audio too badly. <laughs> Appreciate
1: that. Appreciate yeah. that. I try. See, that's a, profession- that's a professional right there. Yeah, makes makes my editing easier. <laughs>
2: on a very, very difficult editing job.
1: Alright. So just to take <laughs> just to take a quick break, just a quick segue. So I have
0: I have some nonsense for you too. And I'm pretty sure I know the way both of you people are going to go with this. So but would you rather have your life be a full on, complete with singing and dancing musical at all times? Or would you rather it be a sitcom with the laugh track? same thing all times every minute of every day full musical or
1: sitcom with the laugh track When you started the question I immediately jumped in musical I because I but, love musicals but, that's but that's what I was thinking, I'm but. also hilarious and so <laughs> having a laugh track to help show that I like I like that your thought is this would be
0: inconvenient because I'm just so damn funny. <laughs>
1: Like I'm thinking about how Can my you... how like staff meetings would be so much better with a laugh track. So, I'm, I'm I'm flipping. I, I, I want a laugh track. Well,
0: while you're thinking, I'm I I am on the opposite side of you two. I am not <laughs> a fan of musicals for whatever reason. I cannot quite pull off the suspension of belief. I I always like why are you just not speaking these things to each other? there's no talking All of the dialogue is sung in a very dramatic fashion um, I can't quite pull it off, so I am going with the sitcom of the laugh track because I'm also hilarious <laughs>
2: I'm As we see in musical. every
1: podcast episode mm.
2: I, I'm going with the musical because I work with a bunch of engineers and I would pay money to see them breaking into song and dance <laughs>
1: <laughs> the day. You, you know your, what, I would pay money to see that too. You see your grumpy co-workers who now all
0: of a sudden sigh and it's like, okay, I have to get up on this desk and dance for a few minutes. God damn it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm still going sitcom. I, I. It, I th- my thought with the musical part is it would be fun for a little while, but eventually you you didn't get a lot of sleep. You're in a bad mood. And you wake up and have people sing songs to you about getting coffee, and you just want to kill them. I'm I, I giving the sitcom. They got
2: the mustard. They got
0: the mustard. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie's going musical. Kay, did you? You were flip flopping. Where did you end I, up? Laughing? I
1: did. I, th- I think I'm. I think I'm on laugh track though it? Did, I don't know. So I think the musical part you eventually would learn to hate. But, I ju- I just keep going back to staff meetings with the admiral with a laugh track. I need that in my life. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's that's legit. I like that. One. Okay.
0: All right, that's all I got. We need some nonsense every now and then. Absolutely. Yes. This so is a, this is a rather
2: nonsense-free episode, and for that, I do apologize. <laughs> sometimes you need. Uh, sometimes you need that. Again, the the goal of of this podcast is really to get you thinking a little bit outside of I get to haunt my house, I get to scare people, and more to the practical day-to-day running of how do I make sure that I can do this next year successfully? Mm -hmm. Again, with any sort of accounting, with any sort of business, because, again, as you start moving from I'm just haunting my house, yay, you are starting a business. This becomes something that goes beyond fun for fun for two months, and turns into truly something professional. And hopefully this episode will help you kind of make the leap of getting used to thinking about your haunt in terms of budgeting and finance, as well as in terms of terror and fright. <laughs> <laughs> well, granted, to,
1: to, I was say, to, to, those two things respect, may go together. <laughs> they
2: may go together. You may be somebody who looks at numbers and goes, oh my god, I don't even remember what two plus two equals. By the way, it's five.
1: Um, Actually, for can large we, enough, can we check when that? two is large uh, enough? It could be five for,
2: for for sufficiently large large values of two.
0: I I feel like we need to double check that and crunch those numbers.
2: Yeah, just 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 talk to Orwell. So, uh, you have your budget. You've decided on your methodology for receiving payment for tickets, whether that's cash, whether that's um, digital, whether that's you can only buy tickets in advance, whether you can buy tickets in advance or at the gate. Um, However you decide, you now have a form of revenue. How do you make sure that that form of revenue actually is offsetting your costs and giving you enough money to pay your bills and have costs for next year?
1: Wait, 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 wait. Throughput.
2: Very good. One of the ways to help you calculate once you've decided on your budget, most of your costs tend to be upfront. Uh, with the exception of personnel costs and um, et cetera, most of your costs for your build are going to be done in advance. So by the time you open, you should have a pretty good idea on how much money you will have spent over the course of your haunt season. So that will help you determine how much money you need to make to offset those costs and also to then pay your actors, et cetera. Once you have that, you can use that information once you have your, your costs you can use that information to determine how many tickets you need to sell and how much per ticket you need to charge
1: when you're trying to decide how much to charge for your tickets i highly recommend looking at the other haunts in your area and seeing what they're charging because if you get too far outside of uh, that norm then either one, you're leaving a whole bunch of money on the table that you could potentially be making because your price is too low and you could be charging more based on everybody else. Or two, nobody's going to want to come to your heart because you are so much more expensive than everyone else. They're going to go to everyone
2: else. Well, and even with leaving money on the table, if you are priced way below your competition, uh, not only are you leaving money on your table, but you also risk – having far more people show up because, hey, look, this one's only 5 bucks, whereas everybody else around there is 20 for what seems to be the same thing. You're going to have a lot more people show up, and you're not necessarily going to be able to handle the volume.
1: Absolutely. And so um, if you go, we talked about in a really early episode uh, about designing for throughput, and you never want to end up in a situation where you have just an enormous <laughs> line waiting outside, waiting to get into your haunt because people will see that and then they will turn around and go away because they're like i'm not standing in that line f that so when you're designing your layout and you're de- you need to be designing it for or to handle an adequate throughput so go back and check out uh i think it's episode three where we're talking about layout three, for four, eight, more six. In, yeah for a more in-depth discussion on designing for throughput
2: yeah so you, know, you, you look at your tickets, one of the things you also need to decide is whether or not you will be offering refunds.
0: Ooh, I, you know what, I never thought about that one. What, yeah, so, in
1: what so, circumstances? So, well, wait, I, I just want to preface this by saying, this is to all of our listeners, if you're not a member of <laughs> Hunters Hangout on Facebook, go join the Hunters Hangout Facebook group, because it is filled with like 16,000 people in the hunting industry uh, at all levels, everything from pro haunts all the way down to home haunters, all collaborating and getting ideas off each other and critiquing each other and it is a awesome resource for haunters at all levels. I bring that up because this is one of the most contentious topics I have seen in discussion on a haunters hangout, whether or not to offer refunds. Yep, I should
0: point out that if you are listening, there are no refunds for this podcast. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no refunds for the free podcast, but you are you not know,
1: getting your time back.
0: You know, it's funny. I started to say, we got your money, and
2: uh, yeah. no, yeah, but we, do we got your time.
1: time. <laughs> I'm not giving it back. But, I mean, we're all being productive even as we're doing this. I mean, I'm over here folding socks as I'm discussing finances, so... Uh, I expect that the rest of you are also being productive, hopefully working on your haunts as you're listening to our podcast. Yes. I like that. I like that idea. So
2: you need to decide whether or not you're offering refunds or in certain circumstances or in what circumstances you are willing to offer refunds. You, if you are running any sort of paid haunt you, I can, I can guarantee you having never worked at a paid haunt before, I can still guarantee you people are assholes. There is going to be at least one or two people every night, if not more, who are going to come to you and demand their money back. Karen? Yes. Gotta love the Karens of the world.
0: Actually putting someone on blast. Okay.
2: It's the Karens. I kind of want to know more about this Karen. Hit Google? Karen has become Uh, the uh, terminology name for entitled usually white person who demands to speak to the manager, (laughs) etc.
1: Urban Dictionary defines a Karen at Yeah, Urban Dictionary defines Karen as mother of three, blonde, owns a Volvo, annoying as hell, wears acrylics 24-7, currently at your workplace speaking to your manager. Basically. Wow, it's really specific. But okay, fair enough. <laughs> John, you worked retail for a long time. No, I'm sure I... you can think of a few customers oh, no. who, were,
0: who were Karen. No, no doubt. There's exactly 311, but that's fine.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so if you're doing refunds you have to determine how to give those refunds whether or not you're doing them in cash if you have cash this is again a reason to not carry cash because (laughs) it makes it really easy when someone demands their cash back or cash back refund and you can sit there and go sorry we do not have cash on hand Um, digital uh, organizations through paypal and square i believe both of them do have methodologies for returning and providing refunds so again this is something that you need to decide and as you're calculating how much revenue you're, expected, you're expecting based on your ticket price and your throughput, you're going to want to also account for a certain percentage of patrons per night who are going to be demanding a refund. All of this should be going in your budget.
1: Yeah, I got nothing to add to that. <laughs> <laughs> well said. It's very brutal. But...
2: If your goal is to turn your haunt from a home haunt into a pro haunt... By starting off your home haunt, tracking your costs, and maintaining a budget, you have much higher chance of success when turning into a pro haunt, because you have a year, two years, five years of cost history that you can use to create your budget for your pro haunt and determine how much money you need to be bringing in to not only offset your costs, but to also generate a revenue that you can then use to invest in your haunt for the following year. This is why budgeting, even at a local home haunt level, is so crucial and so valuable, despite the headache and anxiety it might cause if you've never done this before.
1: Yeah, there may be some growing pains at first, but... The benefit you'll get from doing it down the road, I think, well outweighs any of those growing pains.
2: It does. And you start to learn things like, I use masks, but all of a sudden I'm now, you know, I did all my home haunts with masks. Buy a mask, use it for five years. It's a one-time cost for the most part. But now I'm having to run five actors and masks don't work for their characters. I have to start figuring out how how do I budget for makeup? And you start learning all of the little things that crop up that you don't necessarily think about when you're first getting started. But as you grow, you realize you need to add something in. And if you have a budget that's in place, if you have a program that you can use to help track your costs, you know what's being added. You know what's, you know, I think that I need to spend $500 on makeup. And you actually realize, oh, it only needed to have been 50. And then, you know, for next year, you have a better idea of what those costs are actually going to be or how much you can reuse from one year to the next.
1: Yep. Yep. All right. So John seems to have wandered off. Uh, so, but we're, uh, I think we've covered all the topics that we wanted to cover. Uh, if you have any questions about finance and budgeting and, uh, anything else that we've talked about today, please absolutely send us your questions via Facebook that's facebook.com/hauntingu, which is the letter U, or on Twitter we are at hauntinguniver1. That's haunting U N I V E R one. We'll kick them over to Leslie, and she will do her best to answer your questions uh, in the most thorough but non-legally binding manner that she can.
2: <laughs> yes. Again, there's a lot here. There's a lot of different ways that you can put together a budget. There's a lot of different ways that you can manage your funds, as we've talked about it can be very very overwhelming I was very very overwhelmed when I started learning all of this and I was learning this using an actual company but accounting always sounds very very complicated and ultimately it's a very very straightforward process how much money have you spent how much money have you brought in if you've spent more money than you have brought in you're screwed if you've made more money than you've spent you're doing good beyond that Everything else is financial semantics, and ultimately, it occasionally helps to not get bogged down in the details. But any questions you guys do have, any follow-ups, anything's, anything that did not seem to get covered, by all means, let us know. And we will address that at a later date on our next podcast.
1: Yep, Uh, so it is, we are recording this on September 22nd, haunts are starting to open across the country, I'm super excited to go and visit uh, some haunts in the local area, and I hope you all are too. I'm busy trying to get our haunt set up. Uh, I know John and Leslie are busy getting their decorations going too. So we're, I'm very excited for, for this next month.
0: One recommendation I do have is if, if you're thinking about wanting to do something for your workplace or something smaller for your house, go back and listen to our episodes on micro hunts
1: or decorating your workplace. Absolutely. The, I think we had some really good discussions on both of those uh, to help give you ideas if you're for those types of situations. On that note, I discovered that they do a decorating your cubicle contest every year at my workplace. So now I'm trying to figure out what to use there compared to what to use here, plus how to smuggle a full-size skeleton in through the metal detectors outside the building.
2: Just trade so, all the joints out for plastic, for zip ties.
1: Okay, but full-size.
2: Well, at that point, you're not really smuggling it.
1: Exactly, so that's what I'm trying to figure out.
2: Have you thought...
0: Remember the watermelon idea of just carrying it in? Have you thought about literally just walking in with it?
1: I have, yes, but my commute is not conducive to carrying a full-size skeleton. I guess I could drive in one day.
0: Wait, are you saying you walk to work every
1: day? No, but I take a bus and then jump on another bus Ah.
0: I don't know, I think that would make it more entertaining, honestly.
2: <laughs> How is this a problem for taking a full size skeleton into work?
0: This is also a good way to discourage people from sitting next to you.
1: There no is one, that, yes. No one wants that. to sit next to the dude with the corpse. Well, no one wanted to sit next to the guy who was cutting out uh, green foam letters on the bus either.
0: I I want to point out, I said, after saying no one wants to sit next to the
1: guy with the corpse, my wife gave me a very concerned look. <laughs> so... <laughs> Rightly so. Rightly so. So, good luck to everyone who's opening their haunts, uh, either now or in the near future. uh, And thanks for taking time out of this busy season and to listen to us. Uh, We definitely appreciate it. In the meantime, I think that's all we have for today. So, from all of us here at Haunting You, happy haunting. Bye, everyone. Haunting You is a production of the Rocky Mountain Home Haunters, LLC. All audio clips and sound effects are used under a Creative Commons attribution or public domain license from Purple Planet Music at www.purple-planet.com or the Sound Bible at soundbible.com. Please see our Facebook page for more information on all the clips used in this episode. University can be reached via Facebook at wwwfacebookcom haunting you with the letter U or on Twitter using the handle at haunting universe one that's haunting UNIVER one. Be sure to check out our new page on Podbeam at www.huntingu.podbean.com. Our listeners are doomed.